Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And of course... um, we're here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. Uh, but not here again with uh, Thomas Patrick Dorian. Well, not completely. I mean, he has bilocated in, you know, but unfortunately we're not able to, to, to hear what he's saying. We're seeing the movement of his mouth, and I'm sure it's holy and beautiful. It's and actually just his hair is here. <laughs> <laughs> We've only got his hair, but that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> that's, that's enough for me, uh, as it were. Um, but all that aside... Uh, we're going to just continue on here without him. It'll be okay. Uh, everything will be okay, Sam. I promise you. Uh, and so, and the reason why I promise you it'll be okay is because here we are. Uh, we're going to we're going to be we're going to be talking about a really really kind of a difficult but a beautiful topic mm. at the same time, and that is uh, how to suffer with Mary. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's that's uh, it puts a whole new spin on the suffering thing. She had her share of sufferings. That's right, and we're going to talk about that uh, and why there's some benefit to us spiritually when we suffer our suffering when we when we tie it to the suffering of Mary. Uh, And uh, well, you know, so let's let's just start by saying you know there's a lot of suffering in the world. Uh, Yes, I mean you can you can pretty much. Look anywhere and see suffering. You can see pain. You can see grief. You can see bigotry and hatred and misery and bad things, disease. I mean, there's suffering all over the place, right? Yes. And I know uh, so many of us want to. We want to make sense of it. We want to. We want to find out how we can sort of uh, really just to survive it. Yes. Right to get through it. Right. Uh, for us individually, and even for those of us who aren't explicitly suffering we know others are and and we have compassion right and so whether it's a family member that's struggling and you know health or or mind uh, health or mind and body and uh, or if they're going through some difficulties uh whatever those difficulties might be and you know and so we want them not to have to Sure. Suffer. We want to get through it. Can we? Can we see something better on the other end of this? And think about the pandemic, right? Or at least having perspective and finding meaning amidst it. Sometimes that can be so hard because all that's there is the pain. Right now, what you've tapped into though is just the. the we could just briefly talk about redemptive suffering. We have we have done shows on redemptive suffering and how important that is. Yes, because ultimately. Suffering without meaning is meaningless suffering, and I know that sounds silly, but it's that's just pain, right? Um, but uh, when there is a meaning and a purpose to the suffering, when there's a goal at the end of the suffering, uh, our salvation or the salvation of others, right? Um, then amazingly, um, that suffering takes on a whole new character. It's still painful, sure, but it's almost like you know, pain with a purpose. <laughs> well, it. it, it- it serves also. It's very countercultural. I'm reminded of uh, uh, Scott Hahn, and uh, he would give uh, a talk on redemptive suffering. And a lot of times, what he would do is he would open up with an "Our Father," and then he would throw uh, throw a wrench at the audience at the end. When, when uh, instead of "Deliver us from evil," he would say, "Deliver us from suffering." And everyone would look at him weird, and he would say, wait, wait, isn't that what the world teaches us as the definition of evil? That's right. It's yeah. suffering. And, and <laughs> right. 
So then, if that's the case, then did Jesus experience evil? Right. Yeah. Yeah. On the cross. And well, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's it's they want uh, people want suffering to just go which is understandable we've all been there but that isn't what christ promised us you know christ is not going to remove always our suffering and he's not going to always remove our fears but he's going to empower us to step into our sufferings with him and find meaning and he's going to step in uh, he's going to empower us to step into our fears and find courage that we never realized we had and uh what a beautiful segue into the topic of our show because we don't do this suffering alone right right one of the ways in which God helps us by stepping into this suffering, face the suffering, to be part of this suffering uh, in a a very profound way, is to seek out the perfect model for suffering. Yes. I mean, what what is the... uh, We like to look for examples of of people who've done this before. Sure. Right? And and, and that way I can know how to handle this and how... If only I could have... You know, uh, experience it like this, or if I could take this action, or 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 this thought process, or whatever. And and really, there's there's no more perfect model of suffering, perfect suffering, literally, uh, than from Mary. Mm. Or and also no p- better companion, you could argue, because it's the companion that Jesus himself cho- himself chose. Right. Now, it was the face of his mother that he desired to look upon. In his most difficult moments at Calvary. Oh, amen. And, and and that face was looking back at him the whole time. Yes. And if you stop and think about it, you you realize that, like, I don't think there's, there's anybody really in, in, in all of human history who has suffered the way Mary has suffered mm. and, and then had that sort of, that, that beautiful model for all mm. of us to be able to follow. Right. Right. And, so, and to ultimately see, because if anybody would know... Um, you know, a, a sense of loss, a sense of uh, uh, confusion, even, and, and all these different things. I mean, think about all the. I mean, from being a, a young girl, yeah, uh, and uh, and then all of a sudden, like, to have the Holy Spirit come upon her, yes, right, and then to go through the the potential scandal with Joseph, yes, right, and then of course the the the, the uh, having uh, her child. Um, being born in a manger, yes, right, and, and then of course having to run into Egypt, right, <laughs> right? and he you disappears know. for a few days yeah. as well. Oh yeah, know, as that's, a child. Right. that's exactly right. Uh, you know, and of course, uh, so all these things are um, uh, all these things, and then of course to be like a firsthand witness of his execution. Uh, yeah, how how tra- what a travesty, what a horrible thing to have to endure, and yet somehow in all of that. She doesn't lose her composure. Well, her yes at the Annunciation, which which we get to celebrate on March 25th, her yes encompasses all of that. She right. gives an unconditional yes. She doesn't say, yes, as long as he gets to have a nice house with a picket fence and a good job <laughs> right. and does well. You know, like, she didn't put any conditions on her yes, just as God puts no conditions on his love. Let it be done according to your word. And yes. it's like it's that simple. It was it was it wasn't complex. It, it didn't require a, a, you know a whole uh, a slew of lawyers to, right. to set the contract up. You know, it really was like okay, I'm in, which means 100. percent Which means she knew ahead of time. And here's the thing: think about like the the prophecy of Simeon. You know, when they when mm. they when they go and present the child Jesus. Yes. You know, uh, in the temple. Right, and it's like, uh, you know. Oh, by the way, um, you know, a, you know, a sword is going to pierce your heart. 
Right. <laughs> right. But that's <laughs> but it's the worst kind of sword. She probably would have much preferred uh, you know, a physical sword piercing her yeah. heart than the emotional trauma of watching her son right. suffer the worst possible death that absolutely. But also but you know what, being a witness to that, remember we have to remember is she was also a witness to every good thing that he did. Yes. And also a witness to the fact that he was here to save the world. A witness that he that he is indeed the son of God. Uh, and he is the one that all uh, prophecy and, and all the scriptures and everything was pointing to, right, the Messiah. And so she knew all of that, but then also, so all that suffering that she experienced, the suffering that Jesus was experiencing, that she would take into her heart, that would pierce her heart, all of that, it's it's like it was worthwhile. I mean, it was, it was it was necessary. It was part of the equation. You know, this liturgical season is very special. March twenty fifth. If you begin a novena to Our Lady of Sorrows on March twenty fifth, it would end on Good Friday. So you could begin a novena to Our Lady of Sorrows, where you begin by celebrating her yes, and it ends in celebrating the most difficult part of her yes. I can't think of a more a beautiful, intimate walk that we can take with our blessed mother. So, uh, give an example of, of what they could do on these novena days. Well, if God might be calling them to give something up, to break some habit, or might be calling them to a new mission, uh, and they've just been hesitant uh, to go forward with it, or they've been putting up all sorts of uh, excuses saying, well, God, I can't do it because of this, or God, I can't do it because of that. Give that thing, whatever it is, that yes that you've been hearing God call you to, we can, we can entrust that to our Blessed Mother on the feast of her yes, and we can walk with her along to Calvary and face the hardest part of our yes, just yeah. as she did. It can be a simple prayer that you say every morning yes. of that novena, and just give your day to Mary and ask that your sufferings be united with hers, to be united with Jesus's, yes. right, for the salvation of the world. Um, you can do something like, uh, there's a beautiful um, devotional, uh, The Seven Sorrows of Mary. Right. Uh, this was something that uh, was uh, given to us uh, in tradition by St. Bridget of Sweden back in the fourth, 14th century. Uh, and basically, it's a, you, you can look, Google it and figure out how to do it. It's pretty simple, mm-hmm. you know, seven Hail Marys and whatnot. It's just, it's actually not very hard to do. It doesn't take but a few minutes. But it's a great way to start your day or, or end your day mm-hmm. if you're doing a, a novena of prayers. Mm-hmm. And just offer each one of those for, um, uh, you know, again, your suffering, the suffering of others, that, that uh, in preparation for the, the greatest suffering, yes. for the Good Friday that, that will take place, that will usher in um, the Easter, the Paschal Triduum, the Easter season. Um, and these seven sorrows, we actually mentioned almost all of them, you know, when we, were, when we were just kind of rattling off all the things that Mary endured. But it's based around seven particular um, uh, sorrows of Mary, the first being the prophecy of Simeon, the second being the, the flight into Egypt. Run, run. They want yes. to kill your baby, right? Um, the third being the loss of Jesus for three days in the temple. Uh, the fourth being the, the, Jesus' carrying of the cross, mm. right? The fifth being the crucifixion. The sixth being Jesus taken down from the cross. I, I can't help but see the image of the, the Pieta. Right. Right. And then, of course, the seventh, Jesus laid in the tomb. Right. This is a beautiful devotional that really focuses on the suffering and the sorrow of Mary. Yeah. But understanding that that suffering and sorrow of Mary was all 
pointed to our salvation. You know, this reminds me, uh, we, we've talked often in other shows about Mary being the new Eve. Something interesting in the book of Genesis that Eve was named Eve because it means mother of all the living. Yeah. Well, Mary became, you know, at the Annunciation, she became mother of Christ, right? I think one could say that in that moment when she, when Christ was giving himself up on the cross, she was joining him in that gift. And I think that was the moment where she really, her motherhood was expanded to include all of those he was dying for, which is all of us. Yeah. She truly became mother of the, of the living in that highest sense, you know, living with the capital L. And she wants to stand at our cross just as she stood at Jesus's cross. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that all of this was um, necessary for salvation to come to fruition, right? It was necessary that Jesus suffer. It was necessary that, that Mary would, would witness and experience the suffering. And also, so that gave her essentially the fullness of her mission. Right. Right. It, so that it, so then, uh, and then think about uh, the, how profound it is that uh, as Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's looking down and seeing John right. and Mary, and then he actually gives Mary to the care of John, and and, the, and how the church sees that as Jesus giving his mother to the church. Yes. And so that so if this is important for Mary, you might think like, well, okay, now her suffering has meaning. Yeah, but but here's the cool thing is now that her suffering has meaning. That means our suffering when united in that way. If she's his mother, that means. That she's our mother. Yes. Right? She's Mary, mother of the church, Mary, the mother of mercy, Mary, mother of Eucharist, Mary, mother of salvation, Mary, mother of all these things, and really Mary, the mother of all of us. And so we need to turn to her, right, and and sort of uh, let her let us or let her uh, lead us in a way that um, that is going to be profoundly beneficial to our own salvation and the salvation of others. And she doesn't want us to just keep her as sort of distant in this sort of, we, we have these various images. We've seen these various statues up on a pedestal in our life and they're wonderful and they're beautiful. And I'm not trying to take away from the beauty that is revealed in those statues that we see in our churches. But the fact of the matter is that's a piece of who Mary is. Another big piece of it, uh, of it is she's your mom yeah, and she loves you with tenderness. She wants to hold you uh, at every stage of your life, just as she was there with Jesus and held him, mm, yeah, you know, both in, as a as a baby and at the Pietà. So think 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 about this, uh, and, and we've talked about this before, but I always like to bring this up because it's really profound, and I think it helps you put everything in perspective. If you think about Mary in terms of being a mama, yeah, right. When you think about that, you think about your own mother, and even if you didn't have a great mother on this earth. Right, um, and and many of us have uh, some people have struggled, and some people have been gifted with a, with an awesome example of motherhood. Right, um, and so the reality is, she can be a mother to all of us, and if we understand, uh, you know, our relationship with our own mother, our yeah. biological or adopted or or whoever's a mother in our lives, if we understand that relationship fully. Then we can also more fully understand our relationship with with uh, with Mary. If you think about it like this, um, like for instance, you know when when uh, a mom, uh, you know, uh, our mom loves us no matter what. I mean, it's like we we always. I mean, you remember the old expression? You might have 
not heard it because you were too young. But you remember heard that expression like that that baby has a, a face that only a mother could love. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now that's that was mean. I, was, I shouldn't have said that about you because I'm sure you're the cutest baby ever. But 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 there's something there's. I mean, I know that's kind of a a, a mean joke. But but the reality is, um, think about this for a second. That Mary. Uh, you know, sees us, and even though our our hearts are ugly because we're fallen, yeah, our our we have a heart that only Mary could love. Mm. Right? She will never stop loving us and never stop being our mother, no matter how bad our heart is. Right, and so so that's one thing that that's really important for the, just in the same way that our mother loves us no matter what. Mary is always going to love us no matter what we do, um, and you know she might be disappointed at times, but. But she's always going to be there. She's always going to love us. And then also thinking about things like Mother's Day, we love to give our, our mothers flowers. Mm-hmm. And, and and obviously, stop and think about it. You know, in terms of Mary, I mean, where do you think that devotional called the Rosary came from, and what right. that means? You know, give your mother a bouquet of roses on Mother's Day. Give Mary a bouquet of roses in the form of a Rosary, right? To pray uh, to her, with her, ask for her intercession, and she loves those bouquets of roses. So pray them soon and and pray them often uh and then another beautiful thing is you know sometimes we have to defend our mother in the playground yeah and, and the worst insult you know you can give somebody is your mother wears army boots or something you know whatever mean <laughs> thing that kids will say about about mothers because they know that the the most the, the 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 way they can wound another human being the most is by making fun of their mother right right and and if mary's our mother that means that we need to defend her as catholics we need to defend the honor of mary the role of mary in the plan god's plan of salvation we need to defend her learn more about her learn the the scriptural and the biblical basis for all this stuff and then and then defend her in, in the public square when people you know lodge uh, complaints or insults towards her doesn't mean you have to get in a pick in a fight in a playground. I'm not asking right. for that. But to, to know, to help people to see the beauty and the gift uh, that Mary is to the church. And then, of course, uh, when we're kids and we hurt ourselves, we skin our knee or whatever, right. you know, you run to mama. Yep. I mean, you run crying to mama and she's going to kiss your boo-boo and she's going to make it all better. And and that's what Mary does in our hearts, especially when, when we're experiencing, you know, pain and grief and suffering because she knows suffering better than anybody. When And when we have when we have the, the, the aches that come from from addictions, from from grief, from uh, emptiness, from uh, loneliness, all those things that we're experiencing or that others experience, Mary knows that and she's going to kiss it and make it better. Well, so right? what you're saying right now, I think, is it might be very, very important for some of our listeners to hear. It was a message I needed to hear at one point in so far as I think sometimes we can have this idea of prayer of we have to have this sort of prim, proper approach. We have to just recite this, and, and we have some idea of what piety is. I have to recite my Hail Mary in this certain way, as opposed to you know letting our emotions be present to us and to our mama. To Abba, you know, to Jesus, you know, I, I think that emotional honesty in prayer can radically alter a person's prayer life, and uh, I don't think that we a lot of times let ourselves do it. I've, I know I've gone through period in my life where I thought oh, I can't really pray right now. I'm too sad. When right. you realize, wait a second, that's when you need to pray. Yeah, Amen. I know a hundred percent. And the thing is. Uh, in all of this, uh, we we just we we still have that. We live in a culture where we want to do it on our own, 
Yeah. Right. And I, I just, for the life of me, don't understand why I'm challenged myself sometimes not first thinking like, well, let my mom take care of this. Yeah. I need to run home to mom more. Right. Right. Um, and I would just add one more of this in this list of, of mothers. And, and you know, when you need uh, figuring out on which way to go, make a, a hard decision in school about, you know, what you should have for lunch on that day. Uh, and as we get older, you know, uh, who we should hang out with or what kind of job we should, you know, you could always sit down at the dinner table, you know, the kitchen table, whatever, with mom mm-hmm. and have a conversation and get some good sense, uh, try to help kind of work through things in your life. In the same way with Mary, and the, the thing is where, you're, where you're, your mother in, in this world, in this life, uh, leads you down the path to a better place. Right. Right? Your mother, Mary, will always lead you to her son, a better place. It always leads you to Jesus. Yes. Everything that she does leads us to Jesus. It's never to her. No. It's never like, you know what, give me a, give me a little attention here. I, I need some attention. It's not right. that. It's the closer you are to my heart, then the closer your heart is to my son. Yes. Right? So when we bond with Mary, we're bonding with Jesus. And that's something that a lot of people don't see. I love, uh, I love the Magnificat, Right? Um, my soul magnifies the Lord. My my soul proclaims the Lord. But I love the the the, the version of translation. It's like my soul magnifies the Lord. This is yes. what Mary says. And so think of Mary as a magnifying glass, right? That my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul, Mary's soul, brings Jesus closer. That's what a magnifying glass does. Yeah. And so if you're looking at Mary's soul, you're looking right through it at at her son, and you're getting a nice juicy close up view of Jesus and how beautiful that is and that's what's going to rescue us that's what's going to save us that's what's going to lift us out of whatever doldrums whatever addictions whatever pains whatever sorrows that we're experiencing right and bring us to her son so this is something that's coming to mind uh it, it was a, it was a realization that i had during a 33-day consecration uh, uh to jesus through mary that i, I was doing and I, this was at a time in my life deacon jeff when i was just beating myself up for everything and uh, what I heard in prayer, and I really think it was our Blessed Mother interceding to help me through this, is, yes, we are called to, to take up our cross each day, but we are never called to take up the hammer and the nails. Mm. We're not supposed to nail ourselves to the cross. That's not what we're called to do. We are called to receive and accept the sufferings that are presented to us and to step into them with God. And our Blessed Mother, I think she has has a way of helping us ground us in the sufferings that we really truly are called into, right? To help us really identify the crosses in our life and to help prepare us to make that walk and to obtain for us the graces that we need to grow as much as possible from those crosses, because you know what? At the end of the day, you know a lot. We a lot of times we only give thanks to God for the good stuff that happens in our life, for the stuff that we we're, we're looking at immediately is good. And a lot of times we look at you know the crosses in our life is bad. Yes. But you know if they're covered in grace and if they're poised to help us grow and flourish in Christ, help us grow in love, then they're actually the most important gift we're getting. Yeah. But we're never giving thanks, or at least I can say it's hard for me to rem- to remember to give thanks for my sufferings. But that's exactly what I need to be doing. And but I think- St. Paul, I rejoice in my sufferings. Yes. I mean, it's like, was he a nut? Yeah, he was a nut. He was a saint. 
right? He was a crazy saint, and 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 we need to be a little more crazy like that. And when I say that, you know what I mean by oh, crazy? Sure. I mean countercultural. Yes. Right? The culture says, oh no, no, run from suffering, avoid suffering, do not fall into the trap of suffering. That's bad. It'll cover you up. It'll whatever. Well, it can cover you up, and it can whatever. But the reality is, if you embrace that suffering, because you've embraced it for that, you've united it with the suffering of Jesus Christ through Mary. How powerful that is! Now that suffering has meaning and purpose. Right. Right. How beautiful that is. And so the question then we, we need to ask ourselves at the as we come to the end of the program, why are we doing this alone? Why why not open ourselves up to um, to Mary? Why not allow Mary into our lives? Why not seek Mary out and allow her to console us, to to hold us uh, close to her breast, just to kind of keep us always in her care, so that she can truly lead us to her Son? And this is not like some brand new nutty devotion that the Catholics came up with. Right. Right. I, I'm going to read a prayer. It's a real short little prayer um, that was actually um, written down on some Egyptian uh, papyrus from mm. the third century. So around 250 AD, somewhere around that time, they find this this parchment. And, and this is what it says. Now I'm translating in English now. Um, we fly to thy patronage, O holy mother of God. Despise not our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed virgin. Amen. A short and simple prayer, but even back then, they knew to go to the blessed mother. That's amazing. They knew to open their hearts to allow um, uh, allow Mary into their heart so that essentially she would lead us straight to Jesus. Yes. Right? So we need to we need to open, we need to fly to her patronage. Yes. Right? We need to allow ourselves uh, to be loved by her uh, and unite our sufferings to hers and how beautiful that is. And I'm, I, I promise you at the end of that, it's still going to hurt. Yeah. But it's going to hurt for a good reason. And yeah, the hurt's not the end of the story. No, there's more to the end of the story. And we know we know the end of the story. Right? We, we've, we've, we've read the Bible. We, we've seen the Ten Commandments movie we, or whatever. We've seen the Passion of the Christ. We, we know the ends of the story. Christ right? Jesus Victor. Yay. <laughs> right? So, so if we had some uh, Catholic Cafe pompons, we'd, we'd be waving them right now. Right. Uh, because cause that victory, I mean, that victory is, is ours. Right. It's for us. That's the reason why there's a victory. It's not just because, like, whoo, Jesus got up out of this thing. You know, he's good. He's up there in heaven. He's, everything's all good. He did everything that he did for us to reconcile us. Wow, yeah. Right? So let's fly to the Virgin Mary. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.